Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and this is kind of a part two. Um, a couple episodes ago, episode 108, I talked about day one procedures in our clinic, and more specifically, why I don't adjust. And I said, if you want me to talk about my day two, I will, because otherwise that episode was going to be like three hours long. Um, and people don't like three hour long episodes, I'm told. Uh, so I said, like, if you want me to talk about day two, I will. And then I got a bunch of messages from people saying, uh, yes, please. So before we jump into that, I first need to acknowledge that I am an idiot and Many of you who were listening to a couple episodes ago where I was talking about how I was worried I almost missed our two-year anniversary, um, probably were doing math more correctly than me. I did miss it. So here I thought like, oh, it's coming up soon. You know why, you guys? Because while I was talking into the microphone, I was going, there are 56 weeks in a year, so that means episode 112 will be our two-year anniversary. It's, there's not 56 weeks, guys. There's 52. There's 52. So that means that episode 104 was our two-year anniversary, and I missed it. I missed it. So uh, happy belated two-year anniversary to She Slays the Day. I didn't do anything on social, whatever. Oops. Um, you know, what, what are you going to do? So today we are going to be talking about the day two, and there is so... There's so many aspects to this. Um, I'm going to have a lot of prefaces. You know before we get in, though, what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to start with a listener highlight. Okay, so this one is from Axon Health, uh, and it says, So much good insight. I love this podcast for many reasons. The first being that the advice is relevant and applicable to not only chiropractors, but a lot of it is also applicable to people in general. Dr. Lauren is great at giving multiple perspectives and realizing that advice is not universal, that it is highly dependent on the context and person, and she addresses this diligently. Uh, thank you for realizing that by BTW, um, because that's a big part of today's episode as well. The second reason 
this person goes on, uh, is that Dr. Lauren is unapologetically herself. It's always refreshing to listen to. If you're a Cairo and haven't already listened to the podcast, you're about to want to binge listen for the next several days. Woo woo! Yes, go binge listen. Go. There are some good episodes, you guys. Um, oh my gosh, I wanted to bitch slap someone the other day. Uh, I didn't. I held it together. Uh, but it's another chiropractor. Um, and she said, I said, like, have you gotten a chance to listen to any episodes? And she's like, no, you know, like, I feel like the show's mostly for like 20 year old chiropractic students. So inside my head, don't worry, she's not going to know because she doesn't listen to the show. Um, but inside my head, I'm thinking like, what? What? We have conversations on marriage and spiritual growth and firing people and whether you're ready for an associate and like evolving as a human and spirituality and consciousness and the list goes on and on and on. So I don't really remember what I said. I think I was just like, huh, interesting. Haven't gotten that one. I don't think I even was that passive aggressive. Ugh. But in my head, I totally was. But I've been reading a lot of Joe Dispenza lately. And um, holy cow, that guy is intense. Talk about like people who are here to do work. Like that man was created and put on this planet to do some serious brain altering work. Um, if you haven't listened to much Joe Dispenza, he, I started kind of down the wormhole. Well, I bought a book a long time ago, like how to change the habit of being yourself. Um, which when you buy, thank God for Amazon, because I feel like when you used to have to go buy books at a bookstore, like if I were a book patron selling person, I would totally judge the books that people got. So like if somebody was buying, like breaking the habit of being yourself, I'd be like, oh snap, are you okay? Like, do you wanna go grab coffee? You seem like a decent person. But you can just buy it on Amazon now and just Amazon warehouse employees can judge you. So I bought that like two years ago and it is, even though it's a relatively short book, like 200-ish, 250 pages, reading two pages is like reading a textbook and you're just like mind blown. Um, but he was just on Jay Shetty's podcast, which is one of my like podcasts that I'm jamming lately. If you haven't read Jay Shetty's How to Think Like a Monk, that is a great summer read. Love it. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, let's give old Joe another chance. And I listened to him. I'm liking listening to him because I can't stop to fixate on the sentence that he just said and reread it 17 times and let my world implode. I kind of just have to keep going because he keeps talking. So not sure how I got on this. Oh, how I handled, um, I mean, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and call that negative feedback on the podcast is I thought, you know what? This is a moment for my brain to, uh, over, to, like take over my body and not have this trained autopilot pattern of getting defensive and ego getting in the way. And this is my opportunity to like my brain to take over and do something different and not be on autopilot and get pissed off that someone said, your podcast is just for 20 year olds. It's fine. I'm fine. No, I am fine. I swear. Um, okay. So let's do a list. No, you guys, I already read the listener highlight. Too much coffee. This is where we talk about the question. So 
like I said, on episode 108, I reached out and I was like, if you want me to talk about day two, I will. For all of you non-Cairo people, I think this is going to be a really boring episode for you. I'm not going to lie. You, there are other episodes. Um, but we're. this is a very heavy chiropractic procedures episode. So this is from Taylor B., and she sent me a DM and said, Hey, Lauren, I just listened to your Why I Don't Adjust on Day One episode and feel like you just exploded my brain. Yep, me and Joe Dispenza, you guys, were just blowing up people's brains. Similar things, right? Me, social media, him, neurology, whatever. Um, I'm a pediatric and prenatal cash Cairo who's been in practice for almost four years and have been so frustrated with patients lately. Like, I don't get it. I'll tell them it's going to take at least 12 to 18 visits, and then I'm lucky if they make it to visit 10. But they're always so nice about it, saying, like, you fixed it. And I'm like, no, actually, I didn't yet. Will you please go over your day two procedures on an episode? Pretty please. Thank you, Taylor. Okay, Taylor. Yes, I will. But I've got about 17 prefaces before we jump in. Um, but we're going to pray first. Dear God, thank you so much for chiropractic. Let that being be the underlying message of today of that. When we're talking about selling, um, it can be difficult when, because we can feel like we're being inauthentic or non-transparent. Um, and the reality is, is that people are being so bombarded with the opposite message that we are not used to. Um, so much of us are just being force-fed Burger King commercials and pharmaceutical commercials and all these things. And then we go to the office and we're bombarded by coworkers who are, you know, telling us it's normal to not get good sleep and it's normal to not poop and it's normal and it's normal and it's normal. And, it's normal. and so... As chiropractors, um, we need we need conversations like this. We need conversations from people who uh, believe heavily in what we do to train other chiropractors that it's okay to sell chiropractic. In fact, it is essential to sell this beautiful, amazing thing called chiropractic um, because they're not going to get this anywhere else. So bless everyone listening. Um, as always, put a shield around everyone's heart and ego that we are never casting shame or judgment on any Kairos for whatever they choose to do or not do in their clinic. Um, also put a circle, uh, a cone of silence, no, um, around any patients, any non-Kairos listening who may think like, oh, that's how she manipulates or strategizes people. Remember, this is coming from a place of thinking chiropractic is the coolest thing in the world. So in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So preface number one, I am not going to give you a script today. If you have pen and paper ready and you are just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to record every single thing she says and I am going to memorize it and regurgitate it, um, I'm not going to do that. Although you actually may want to have pen and paper handy today for this one, um, but you can always go back and re-listen. 
So the reason I'm not going to give you a script is not because I don't think scripts work. To be honest, uh, when you're starting out, scripts can be fantastic. Um, I believe in the phrase, fake it till you make it, uh, because a lot of times we are waiting for our, to feel a, some, a way about something before we act, right? Um, but sometimes you just need to act and talk like you feel that way or believe that way until you get confidence. You'll understand what I mean. Um, another reason I'm not going to give you a script is because like it'd be borderline plagiarism, I have been in practice for almost 11 years. I have coached with amazing people. I have listened to podcasts by amazing people. I have um, listened to the ROF for non Cairo's review of findings. It's what we call the day two a lot of times. It's where we go over what we found on day one. Review of the findings of day one. Um, and so I don't want to take credit. Uh, and also, holy cow, there is... If I... There is no one script that I give anymore. So there are, there's an outline, and that's going to generally be what I walk you through today. Uh, but it really depends on the person I'm sitting across from. Okay, there are some times where that person, for whatever reason, right out of the gate, they're getting it, and they're just like, yep, that makes sense, and they want you to kind of get to your point. They want to know, like, they're pretty much already in and they're like, I'm buying, just shut up and tell me how much do I need to come and what's it going to cost? Here's my credit card. And they get really annoyed. And then there are some people who need to hear, you know, a little more of the breakdown of chiropractic and, and why. Some people really get down this wormhole of needing to know that it's not just that they slept wrong. That the emotional stress that they've been carrying for the last five to 10 years is a part of this. Um, you know, some people understand that this problem has been growing for years. And so I don't need to spend as much time talking about the buildup of micro trauma on the nervous system. Some people are like, oh, yeah, I agree. I think this has probably been 10 years coming. And it's like, great. So I don't need to like go down that rabbit hole. I might need to go down a different rabbit hole. So there is no one-size-fits-all script for everyone because it wouldn't work well that way. You need to more understand the outline and understand what is the sales process um, and start to learn people. Like as an Enneagram 3, we are sometimes called the chameleon of the spirit animal world, which kind of sucks in a lot of personal life. Like, let's just be honest, not really knowing who your authentic personality is, is it, it can make for some weird relationships. Um, but And like self-identity crisis, whatever. But it's pretty awesome on day two because you quickly learn how, what they're saying, what that underlying what that, that means, what they need to hear from you. Okay, so if you're not a three, don't worry. Uh, let's see. Also, you're going to need, like, we are a 99% cash practice. The only insurance we use is Medicare. That does change the financials talk at the end. Um, so you're going to need to check. There's also state laws um, in Wisconsin. There's certain state laws around like people buying packages and things like that. So 
I don't go super in depth with our financial process for a reason because I don't want to give you advice that you are going to get in trouble with. I will say that if you are in network with somebody's insurance that you're giving a day two for, there are still ways we'll kind of circle back to that. Hopefully, if I remember when we do get to that point of like uh, signing up for care. Um, so, yeah, you're going to basically have to cover your own ass. So I'm going to give like the 30 second recap of day one, um, episode 108. We talked about how we do not adjust on day one. I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Even if you want to adjust on day one, you can still do this day two process. Okay. Like it's a little gray area in my brain, but I still think you can still do this. Um, but how I end day one, you know, they come, they've already done their paperwork, they were told on the phone, you will not be being adjusted, um, because day one is a fact-finding mission. I don't think they say the word mission. Uh, they should. Um, <laughs> it's a discovery. Um, no, so they're already told on the phone, you're not going to be getting adjusted. Then they come in, I sit down with them, I ask all the questions, they get a nerve scan. Um, and basically, one of the things that I will... So whether they get their nerve scan first and they talk to me second and then like I'm the last person saying goodbye or they talk to me first and then they get a nerve scan second. It kind of depends on flow of our clinic. Um, when I'm handing them off to the scanner, I will say something along the lines. And I don't think I said this in episode 108. So of I have all the information I need. Now I just need to see your nerve scan results. Between now and your day two, I am going to sit down with the other doctors. We are going to go over everything we found, and we are going to put together a custom game plan for what you have going on. You're going to get a ton of information. At day two, my goal is that you fully understand why X, Y, or Z symptom is presenting, and you are going to fully understand how long it's going to take to correct it and how much it's going to cost. So... Anybody in the family that would be interested in understanding, you know, why you're doing chiropractic and why it costs so much or like is it a part of making the financial decisions, it's a, they are welcome to come to that and I highly encourage that. Okay, sound good. I'll see you in a couple days. Um, so here's the deal. I would love to be more strict around, no, like especially with kids. Oh my gosh. We have had a a smattering of kids starting care who really, really need chiropractic, but like on a deeper level than their back pain that they're presenting. Um, but mom and dad are divorced. Like, it's just so weird how like the universe throws you these patterns. But like, I think in the last month, we've had three kids who are getting bad back pain, but also deal with like anxiety, like pretty bad anxiety. Um, and mom comes and says like, yeah, just so you know, dad's not on board with chiropractic, um, but he is going to be covering half. So what I would love to do is be like, okay, both of you need to be at that day too. Here's the problem. And this is where I kind of waffle and kind of wuss out as a chiropractor. I don't know if I'm wussing out or if I'm just being like empathetic. Let's just imagine for a sec that I brought my kid to the chiropractor and you tell me at the end of day one that I have to call my ex-husband and sit in a room with him and listen to you explain. Like, no thanks. I divorced him for a reason. Like, no, I don't want, he doesn't. So we don't 
force it, but we really do try on day one. When we see a situation where we think somebody is going to have to, at the end of day two, go like, well, I have to talk to my husband about it. It's like, okay, obviously that's fine. It's not that we care that people make decisions as a collaborative communication team. That's great. Like, I don't know that I would make a $2,000 decision without calling my hubby first. But if that's the way you're going to roll, then the husband should probably be in the room. The partner should be in the room because then what happens is, is 99%, I I pulled 99% out of my butt. Mm, I'm going to say a solid 90% of the time. If at the end of my spiel of day two, if I get, well, I'm going to have to talk to my husband about this, it's a no. Because they're going to go home. I spent years perfecting the communication and the why behind what we're doing and why it's going to take 36 visits, why it's going to take 48 visits, why it's going to cost this much, why we're not submitting to insurance. And they go home and do a crap job to their partner and their partner goes, that's stupid. Let's just call my guy. He lets me go whenever I need it. And I'm like, damn it. I lost you. I lost you forever. Um, So anyways, but we're not super strict about it. Some clinics are very strict. Um, So that's how we end day one. So as we're entering day two, um, we go, what is the goal of day two? So the obvious goal of day two is to get them to say yes, right? Like that's kind of the objective because everybody needs chiropractic. The how is the little bit deeper of the like, what's your think before you go in, okay? The goal isn't to say get them to say yes. The how is you might go to educate them. That might be like, well, how are you going to get them to say yes? What is your like, you're going in with your mindset. I'm going to educate, educate, educate. So we're going to take a step back here and pull some expertise um, from a book that I love by Simon Sinek. It's something like Know Your Why or Start With Why. I think he actually has two books that have the word why in it. Um, And so he says that the goal is not to do business with everyone who needs, okay, I'm just going to insert chiropractic, okay? Uh, He doesn't say that, but he says your product. So your goal on day two should not be to sell 100% of people sitting across from you on chiropractic. Now, my day day one procedures pretty much has filtered out a lot of people at this point. They don't get to day two unless they're kind of um, in it a little more because he says it is your goal to do business with everyone who believes what you believe. Okay, this is going to be, this is going to make your day twos easier. Um, This is going to make your life easier, your practice, happier, people stick around longer of like, if on day two, this person, now you don't need to get them from point A to point Z, right? Like Denisa Weber's communication lab. um, I think it like really talks a lot about this, that where we error, we're on the side of error uh, as chiropractors is we think we need to explain everything about chiropractic and get them to commit to lifelong care on day two. That should not be your goal. Um, You've got time for that. But ultimately, you should lay down a little bit of like, this is how we roll in this clinic. These are the things. This is our why. Okay. So that's where Simon Sinek is talking about of 
They should buy not your what, but they should buy your why. Now, here's why they should buy your why, um, is where we make decisions is from a place of our brain called our limbic brain. Our limbic brain is our emotions, it is our feelings, and it is where we establish trust. This part of our brain controls behavior. You know, so you might think like that the analytical part of our brain that like receives facts and this and that is the part that make or like influences behavior. And according to Simon Sinek, uh, that's not true. We actually, the limbic brain is what influences our behavior. The limbic brain doesn't have language. It can't put words to why we're making a decision. Now, that's why people will use data and research to validate the decision they're making. Um, but it's why we kind of get that it's a gut decision or why someone will say it doesn't feel right. You may have all of the evidence in front of them of why they need chiropractic, but if it doesn't feel right to them, they are not going to buy. That's important. It's really, really important because so many chiropractors think that the point of going in to the day two is to educate the ever-living crap out of them so people know it is the right thing. They need to feel it is the right thing. And how you do this and why, oh my gosh, I sent a Marco Polo to Tony Ebel, if any of you guys know, a couple of months ago, and I was like, damn it, I'm so good at the day two, I can't even get rid of people I'm trying to get rid of um, because it's just, you understand so much with time and experience that I am so on fire for this damn thing I am selling. Like somewhere along the lines, I graduated as like a new, so like when I first started practice and I was really insecure and I wasn't really even doing ROS, but what, you know, as I started, maybe not right out of school, let's say four or five years in when I started doing care plans and I had to sell the patient 36 visits and know your insurance isn't going to cover it. You're going to need to cover it. Um, I was choking on those words and I did not convert as much. You know, back then I probably had somewhere between a 70 to 80% conversion because I wasn't sure that 36 visits was going to change their life. Now I am so on fire and believe in chiropractic. Like it is, it is just pumping through my blood. So when I sit down to talk to a patient about chiropractic, do I vomit philosophy on them? No, but th they can connect to my why. My why is not because I need their $2,000 to pay my mortgage. Luckily, I've gotten past that where I am not counting the dollars coming in to pay my bills. It's why we like say no to some patients. Like, nope, 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 you're not tough for us. Um, because I don't need their money. I is coming from a why of not anger, but like not even frustration, not even from a negative place. Um, but just like, I am the only one in my town, you guys, who does this. There are 10 other chiropractors. Okay, it's only a town of 9,000 people, right? So like there are 10 other chiropractors in our, 15 other in our county. And nobody else, 
does care plans. Nobody else talks stress. Nobody else talks anxiety. Nobody else talks about these things that I am just like, oh my God, you are leaving so much on the table. They're just pain, which is fine. Good for them. So like when they get to me, by the time they have gotten to me, maybe they've tried other chiropractors, but they're here for some reason. If they loved what the other chiropractors were selling, they wouldn't be sitting across from me. So by the time they get to me, they are just so like, you're different. And I like it. I like it a lot. Um, because I, I know my why. I know why I am selling them what I am selling them. So somewhere along the line, I graduated from a fresh used car salesman to being like, yeah, sure, that Pontiac with 140,000 miles is... Uh, good buy, good investment. Um, not to beat on Pontiacs, I don't know cars. Um, to all of a sudden, like, I am selling the, like, the best. I'm selling you a brand new Subaru. This thing has the safest features. Your family, like, I am on fire about putting your family in this car. So, mm, pretty damn good salesman now. Okay, so we talked about the limbic brain. We talked about how you need to know your why, because when you communicate that, you are going to come across more trustworthy and you're going to tap more into their limbic part of their brain, their feeling parts. So what I would say is my goal isn't to educate on day two, although I do use analytics and data and objective stuff to support the feelings that they're feeling. Um... But I have accidentally sold someone a care plan without even talking about their scans. Like, I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't even get to the analytics because we were just connecting so well that I knew the sale was done. And I was like, oh, okay, let's just do this. So the point is connect. You want to connect your why to their life. Your why in our clinic. I don't know what your why is, but I will explain to them that the purpose of day one, I will say this out loud. The purpose of our day one is to figure out if you're a candidate for chiropractic and even more detailed to figure out if you're a candidate for this clinic. Because in this clinic, we are not interested in mediocre results. We are interested in amazing, life-changing results. And that's not for everyone. Some people are only interested and getting a few adjustments until the pain goes away and are not interested in the iceberg below the water of, you know, and then I go into whatever kind of relates to them. It's, that's where I'll kind of like pick specific symptoms if they have really bad seasonal allergies or depression or whatever. Um, and, you know, I kind of just jumped into my script there. I, side note on scripts, scripts are not bad. They're really, really not bad. Because if you are reinventing the wheel every single time from square one when you go in, um, that's a lot of energy drain. I have showed up for work and been like, oh, uh, this patient just rescheduled. Just so you know, you got to go in. They're like waiting for you. And I need to be able to sell a 48-visit care plan quickly. So like I can anchor to lots of different scripts. So you'll hear me as we continue through this go like, oh. You can tell she's said that a few times. Um, and it doesn't make it less authentic, people. Like, I truly believe in that. If you want, it, like, and I will preface the whole damn conversation. So, like, I haven't even gotten into anything. This is, like, sentence three or four out of my mouth where I am going, listen, chiropractic might be for you. That's my underlying message to them. But I'm not going to let you in here. 
Now, a little psychology of what this does is this will plant a seed of FOMO of like, oh snap, is she not gonna let me come here? Like, it's a little strategic move, but it's also honestly being like, it's okay if this is not for you. If we get through this whole thing and you go not for me, totally fine, totally fine. But I am not interested in mediocre. Um, I have seen way too many patients sign up for quote unquote chiropractic looking to get mediocre results. And basically, what is that? Uh, I want the electric shock down my leg to stop. Yeah, that's all you're looking for? Mediocre. I can do that in my sleep. Um, challenge me a little bit. So, chiros, I will go then into doctors, that chiros are doctors of the nervous system. And that we never originated as pain-based doctors. I don't go into the whole story, people, okay? Uh, for all you non-chiros listening, the first story is pretty damn cool, and I am going to say it here just for 30 seconds. Uh, the first chiropractor was like an anatomy doctor or like teacher and had like a hypothesis because they had this deaf janitor that had a bone sticking out of his neck. And this, the tenacity of this anatomy doc, like knew the map of anatomy and was like, hey, if I push on this bone, that's connected like kind of with hearing. You guys, the guy got his freaking hearing back. And there is the birth of chiropractic and the chiropractic adjustment. They actually thought they had found the, um, the like, uh, discover the answer to deafness. So it actually took a little bit, but, but anyways, I don't tell anybody that. I don't tell anybody that unless I think they need to hear it. And that's pretty, pretty rare. So usually I, all I will say is chiropractors, chiropractic started as doctors of the nervous system. That is what we are. And your nervous system is like a circuit breaker. And like, I kind of will connect the like fuse box theory. Then I will tend to go into the Merrick chart, right? Like, I can't believe how many people have been going to chiropractors for years and they've never seen the Merrick chart. Holy cow. Again, for those not knowing what I'm talking about, the Merrick chart is a anatomy Based. Like it is scientifically based map of where the nerves leave your spinal cord and which organs and glands and cells they go to. It is what makes chiropractic the most logical profession that is almost so logical. I feel like neurologists and like can't fathom. They're like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why it's more than pain. And it's like, it's so simple. It's complicated. Um, so something so simple is a really nice tool to use with patients on day two, because in a matter of about two minutes going like your body is like, there's nothing that happens in your body without a signal and direction from the brain, the CEO. When you have a vertebrae that, and I do, I use the word subluxated in our clinic, um, I don't usually define subluxation. The only time I really will define subluxation is if I'm sitting across from like a physical therapist or a medical doctor. Um, I will kind of go, okay, can we just talk about the word for a second? I get that in your world, subluxation means more of like a dislocation. When I'm saying that word in this clinic, it's not that, I'm not saying that. Um, but again, this is where I'm saying like, I will use that if I think that is going to be a hurdle for the rest of them being at clinic, like being a patient here, if they're thinking like, are they implying my T6 is 
dislocated, this person's a whack job. Um, because the, if they get an x-ray, the radiologist is going to say no subluxations present. A lot of radiologists say that because they mean it that way. So anyways, where was I talking about? Um, okay. Oh, merit chart. So I will go over a little bit of the analytics, okay? However you need to do that, however in depth you need to do that. Do you need to, for this patient, really lay out the concept of fight or flight versus rest and digest? Do you need um, to go into the three different ways that we get a subluxation? physical stress, emotional stress, chemical stress, you know, whatever you need to do. We do nerve scans in the clinic. Those things, you can nerd the F out on those scans. Um, and I will tell you with whatever objective findings you are doing. So if it's a posture screening, if it's an x-ray, reminder, people do not make decisions from their analytical place. This is the person, if you go too in-depth with explaining and nerding out and educating, they will need to go home and absorb all that information to make a rational decision. So, like, it's not a guarantee. Like, you know, for some of you, you're like, I go way in-depth and I sell, sell, sell all day. Good job. Don't change it if it's working, please. That, that should have been, like, preface number 17B in the beginning of this. If you are nailing uh, 90... 95 plus percent of your ROFs, and I say something you disagree with, uh, der, don't change it. Um, but if even if you can take like a little thing and like get, use it and get from like 90% to 95%, or 95 to 99, um, whatever. I don't know if 99%, yeah, no, that's a reasonable expectation, especially if you have good systems and procedures on filtering out day one. So, okay, so we're going over the analytics. We don't get too far in. Now, here's the deal. Do not be afraid if you feel like you have gone a little into the wormhole. You still need to go over what that finding means, but like you're in the weeds. Don't be afraid to literally sit back in your seat because a lot of times when we're going over, like whatever, um, at the desk, the patient and I are both leaned in, right? Do not be afraid to take a breather in your data analytics to like bring them back down, okay? To keep them from getting overwhelmed. This could literally be anything like if there's a toddler in the room and you're talking to mom and dad and the toddler comes up and says like, um, I don't know, says anything. They want a snack. And the patient's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to get a snack out of my purse. And be like, oh, no, don't be, like don't just sit there and be silent and wait until you have their attention back. Take that opportunity to breathe. Be like, oh gosh, no problem. What's on the snack for today, you guys? Ooh, veggie straws. I love those. Like I had to stop myself from buying a giant bag at Costco because I would find they'd be gone. This is okay. It is not a tangent. It is actually meaningful time with that patient. You are getting their brain to connect with you and trust you on an emotional level. The limbic brain. That is fantastic, okay? So do not be afraid to get off subject for 60 seconds, two, three minutes even, telling a story. Um, and I'll kind of explain some of the stories I tell that actually are purposeful, and, um, but just don't be afraid. That's not wasted time. That is actually giving their brain a breather so they can re-come back. So, okay, so if you're back to your analytics, great, great, great. You're going over your objective findings. Okay, 
So one of the first things, once I'm kind of done with the analytics, is I will start with frequency needed, okay? So in our clinic, and this is just you do you boo, okay? In our clinic, we, if you are coming for corrective care, you are three times a week. There is no two times a week unless like your schedule will not allow you. Three times a week is what research shows is needed to break a habit, a neuro habit. Whether you're training for a 5K or doing physical therapy exercises. And I will literally say this to the patient. So when we're talking about frequency in our clinic, we are looking at either corrective care or wellness care. Corrective care is when a patient presents and they have symptoms that they no longer want to have, whatever they may be. Now, science shows that if you want to undo a bad pattern, relearn a new habit, it requires repetition. This is why if you are training for a 5K, you will have to run. How many times a week do you think you'd have to run? People will insert five times, six times, seven times a week. Um, if you Have you ever tried to lose weight? I use that very sparingly. I don't know. I just don't like to like bring up weight loss, but I will tell you it freaking works because most people have tried to lose weight in their life and they get it. They get that on a freaking emotional level. They have been frustrated, so they know how hard it is to lose weight. So I do use it. Um, so I'll say, like, you know, if you wanted to lose five pounds, how many times did you have to go to the gym? And they would laugh. They'll laugh and go every day, right? And I'll be like, right. So unfortunately, chiropractic is the deliverable. It is the pill. It is the, ex the rehab exercise. It is the workout. And I can't send it home with you. So the good news is, is I'm not going to make you come five to seven times a week. You know, we've kind of emotionally anchored to that, which is nice. So when I say, so in this clinic, when we are looking at retraining a pattern, three times a week is what we do. They're almost kind of relieved that I didn't say five to seven times a week, right? Um, now, that comes from, like, I believe in three times a week. Because in 10 years, what I have seen is I don't get as good or as fast results with two times a week or one time a week. Does it mean that people who do two times a week don't get results in the beginning? No. I would say 60 to 75% of people get good results with two times a week. It takes longer, but a much higher percentage of people get good, great, amazing results with chiropractic when we're more at that three times a week. Um, and I'll even do five times a week. If I've got a baby with colic or some, you know, like acute symptoms, we'll do five times a week. So we start with this, um, you know, and I kind of, I do not do anything until I get them to basically, I, un I feel like they emotionally understand why they're going to need three times a week. I don't move on yet. Now, if they're kind of like uncomfortable by this frequency, I will assure them that in this moment, you know, like I don't say this unless, like if they're like, oh, yep, that makes sense. Then I don't have the second part. If I'm getting wide eyes of, holy crap, three times a week, I will then take a moment to go, now here's what a lot of people who were worried about whether they were going to make it three times a week have told us. Um, they love how flexible we are. They love how efficient their, our appointment times are. So they're very easy to schedule around their life. You know, so I try and get them, like if they're already, there's a roadblock of how am I going to get here? I try and address that before before I get to how long this is going to go. So, okay, so I'm getting them on board with me. Like, all right, this is going to be three times a week. You get that? 
So then I go, all right, let's talk about how long we need to do three times a week for. This is where it's a good moment to tell a story that is relevant, okay? Again, take the time. You are about, like, you are, like, going to be crossing the finish line and getting either a yes or no. So I am going to tell you my favorite story. It is a true story. It works because it's truth. It's not a lie. Um, but I use it frequently. So I will go, okay, so let's talk about how long we're going to need to do three times a week for. And I'll say, you know, do you, do you know anybody who's had like braces, orthodontic braces? Most people say yes. I'll be like, okay. So the average person has braces for somewhere between 20 to 24 months. Now that takes that long because the teeth don't move overnight. And I did have braces. Okay. So when I was 12, I was told I was going to have braces for, you know, about two years. And I remember one day I had a, an appointment to get my braces tightened. And I looked in the mirror before my appointment and my teeth were straight. And as a cocky 12 year old, I thought, holy shit, I'm getting my, I don't swear. <laughs> Only when I'm on the podcast. Um, unless I think that is going to lighten the mood. And that's that kind of patient that wants to hear me drop a, a, a tiny curse word. But most of the time I don't swear. And so, I, you know, as a cocky 12 year old, I thought, oh my God, I am the greatest person ever. I am getting my braces off an entire year early. My teeth are straight. Now they already know where I'm going with this story. And you guys, this is true as hell. So I went in, my orthodontist, I mean, he was old. He like, at the time, I thought he was like 80 years old. Now he's probably only like 55. Um, had this thick white mustache. I include these details. Why? Because I am about to get a emotional decision from them in a little bit. So I don't want them too far in their head. So I'm just like bringing down the energy, just bring it down. And so I went in pretty sure I was getting my braces off. I think we both know now as adults, I understand why, but he laughed at me, you know, because he knew what would happen is if he took the braces off the second my teeth were straight and you guys, it clicks, it clicks. So I just planted a major seed for what's gonna happen in a four month care plan when they presented with what they thought was just migraines and they're a month in and they don't have migraines anymore. I've planted the seed. I've planted something that I can anchor back to that keeps them with me of like, no, 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 no. Remember the long term. remember, you know. So I will tell this, they get it. They get a good chuckle. Now, another thing that is nice about this story is I just anchored to two years in this story. So, so I'll say, now the good news is you do not need to do three times a week for two years. And I encourage you guys, please make up your own relevant story. Don't use mine um, unless you have to, but you better sell it, okay? Um, cocky 12-year-old orthodontist with white mustache. These are all important. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Use your own story. Okay. So I will say, now, good news is, nowhere near 20 months. Um, you have some things going for you. Now, this is where I'll start to waffle around or like corner, um, or sorry, begin narrowing in around the months I'm going to tell them. Now, for you guys, this might be weeks, okay? Like, this is just my process. We do longer care plans because nerve scans require it. So I will say, now, if you had never been to a chiropractor before, um, if you didn't take such good care of your body, if you didn't do yoga, if you didn't, you know, whatever, I'll use some of those things that they're doing good. 
we would be looking at probably closer to a five to six month care plan. Okay. So I'm saying like, good thing that you've done chiropractic before. If you hadn't or whatever, you know, is good. Good thing the birth was so amazing. Good thing you did great things during, good thing you went to chiropractor during your pregnancy and birth was great. If not, we may be looking at this long of a care plan. On the other hand, if you, you know, and this is where I'll say a con, like something like now, uh, I don't know, if you maybe wouldn't have waited five years and came in right at the first sign or whatever, I'll say kind of like we would be looking at closer to a one month care plan. Okay. So I've kind of gone, if things were, if you weren't as good as you were, it'd be longer, but you have these things working against you. So it's not that short. And I start waffling in. And then, so I'll go like, okay, so therefore knowing all of the things working for you and against you, I'm predicting that a three, the three months is going to get you amazing results three times a week. Okay. Now I have not shown any money at this point. I need them to kind of understand and emotionally agree. So I got them to agree to three times a week. Then I got them to agree to three months. Now, if I see these deer in headlights, holy crap, three month care plan, like what? I address it now. I don't go to money if I don't have them emotionally committed to three times a week for three months. Now that doesn't mean they're going to go. Yes, I understand. But like you can, you get a vibe, you get a vibe. Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay. So as long as they're with me and there's nothing that needs to be addressed, then I, I go to financials. I do my own financials. Lots of patients or lots of doctors do not do their own financials. Do I think that one day I probably won't do my own financials? Maybe. I'm a little bit of a control freak. So here's my concern and why I still hold on to financials is if I think I have them on the hook, I mean, that's a gross phrase, selling. That doesn't come from an empathetic standpoint. If I think emotionally the patient is on board with chiropractic, and they're like, yeah, uh-huh. And I think I've sold them and I hand them off to my financial liaison and that person doesn't sign up for care. My personality is not to go, oh, what, I, what did I do wrong? My personality to go is to go, I had them. How the F did you lose them? So to not put my employees in that awkward place where they're like, um, they actually weren't as on the hook as you thought. Uh, um, as soon as the doctor left the room, they yada, yada. Um, I will, I do my financials. So before, okay, so they've emotionally agreed. I go, now on the next page, there is a lot of numbers. I am going to explain all of them to you. Stay with me. Otherwise, what happens is just because of the way that we have our financial sheet um, set out, and I would share it with you guys, but it really is not going to work for you unless you're 100% cash. Like, it's just, it's not. Um, so uh, what is normal thought process is they are going to be quickly scanning with the eyes to get the answer of how much is this going to cost in the fastest way possible. So I just try and go like, okay. Stick with me. I'm going to explain everything. So then I pull out the how much is this going to cost type of thing. We have the visual. So I'll go, okay, what you're buying is 36 adjustments, three times a week for three months. If we paid as you go, if you paid for every single visit as you go, or we were submitting to your insurance, you would end up paying us $60 a visit. Okay. I'm just throwing you guys don't anchor to these. You're going to have to use a mural. Um, 
what we do in this clinic instead. So what I did right there is basically told them they don't have the option of paying as you go. Because I didn't say if you'd like to pay as you go or if you'd like to submit to insurance, it could be $60 a visit. I said like if you were paying as you go or we were submitting to your insurance, you would be paying $60 a visit. What we do instead, okay? There is no like, sure, I'll take that option, is we give a clerical discount. You're gonna save $15 on every adjustment by us, by you committing to care, picking a pre-planned payment that automatically happens and pre-scheduling your appointments. It brings your amount down to here. Now, from this point, you have three options. Option one is the best value. You're going to save an extra $5 on every adjustment by pre-purchasing all 36 adjustments up front. You guys, I cannot tell you enough. If you are listening and planning on saying this, make sure what you are doing is legal. In my state, with because I'm not in network with insurance, I don't do this with Medicare patients. You can't do this with Medicare patients. Um, this is for straight. I am not in network with your insurance and I am following all my state laws. This is what it is. So use what works, but make sure you're doing what's legal. Okay. I'll say, so this is the best value. You're going to save an extra $5 on every adjustment by pre-purchasing all 36 adjustments. This works fantastic for people who have an HSA, an FSA, or a credit card you get great points on, okay? I like throwing those options out there because a lot of people think that if we're not using their insurance, they can't use an HSA or FSA, which is wrong. Um, there's also, also like weird like HSA, FSA rules about like when they can actually get reimbursed. Duh. we go down that rabbit hole. Someone says, oh yeah, I'm gonna use HSA. I'll be like, okay, let me explain more how we're gonna use it. So I'll immediately go like, if that doesn't work for you, no big deal. Then you can either pay monthly or weekly. Then you would have eight payments of this or four payments of this. Um, I tend to use, I'm very careful about the numbers I say out loud. So I will say things like, in the beginning, I say like $60 a visit if you pay as you go. I will say you're going to save $15 on every adjustment that brings the amount down to here. I didn't say the total. It's just like this little psychology thing where like, you know, you don't need to freak them out by saying, so that brings your total down to $1,986.47. Like, you're going to save $15. And then like this one, you can save an extra $5 and it'll bring your total down to here. If not, no worries. We can make eight payments of this or four payments of this. This is the best piece of advice I ever got. I wish I knew who it was. It might've been from Epic Practice. I don't know. I don't want to. When you are done with your financials, listen up. If you are multitasking, listen, this is the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. You go. What would you like to do? And you shut up. You did not lose me there. There was no like glitching out. You say, what would you like to do? Or which option works best for you? And you shut up. The silence is them figuring out how they're going to pay for it. They are doing math in their head. They are moving money around in their head. They are figuring out if they can maybe stop putting so much money towards their student loan for the next three months and just pay the minimum payment and use this. They are figuring it out. Don't get in their way. If there's an objection that arises, it will be the first thing out of their mouth. If they're confused on something, it will be the first thing out of their mouth, okay? It is awkward. 
and it requires practice. I think the first couple times I did it, I was like, so maybe which option do you think is going to work best for you? Like I just stumbled on so many words. I was so unsure about it. Which option works best? Not, does this sound okay? Like, do you, like is this okay? Like, are any of these going to work? No. Which option works best? And you shut up. All right? So, listen, like, we don't do a pay-as-you-go. If they ask about that, so I can't just pay-as-I-go, that's possibly one of the biggest objections, I will say, no, we don't do this in the clinic. And here's why. This is not like an out-of-my-ass answer. This is the truth. In my experience, patients who do not commit to themselves do not get amazing results. They do not make it to the finish line. They sell themselves short and quit as soon as the teeth are straight, or, you know, whatever. And they get it. They get I'm not just trying to be mean, um, you know, but they truly don't. They don't get to the finish line. The other thing that works really nice with if you can legally get them committing to an automated payment from the beginning is it's a very smooth transi transition into wellness care. If you're going to let them pay as they go, and then you graduate them to wellness care, and you're going to try and get them on any kind of like wellness program or yada yada, they're not going to like it. So like right out of the get go, we go like, nope, this is how we do things. This is how we streamline things in our clinic. So my front desk is not spending all day swiping credit cards. We do this. So when you show up to your appointment, my front desk isn't head down in a computer. They're going, hey, Sally, how did the soccer game go last night? Did he, you know, I know he was nervous. My employees get to be there with you, supporting you and talking to you and not doing all of that clerical stuff. They get it. It may not be their favorite answer, but they get it. So there is still so much work to do from getting the yes. Know that some people are going to say no. And... It sucks when they do, especially when you know they would have gotten, oh my gosh, life-changing results. And especially when you're in a situation like mine, where you know they're going to go and sell themselves short and get adjusted once this week, and then maybe go a couple weeks. And like, again, no shame or judgment if that's what you do. But like, this is me. This is coming from my why. And if you don't identify with my why, that's okay. Identify with your own why. That's what I want. Um, it hurts, but you can't care more than they do. You cannot care more than the patient does. Is it your responsibility to connect the dots for them, draw logical conclusions, pique their interest, get them wondering why nobody's asked these bigger questions about their health, get them thinking about, oh yeah, the trajectory I'm on, how is this going to play out for me 10 years from now? Is anybody thinking about my long-term yeah, why? when my doctor put me on that medication, they never said anything about taking me off. That's just their plan. Like, pique their interest. You do not, this is not them marrying you yet. This is them committing to the next three months, the next one month, the next four months, okay? You are planting seeds of like, and you know, after that, well, blah, blah, blah. But like, you still have work to do. Do not assume that they get it because... They don't. They don't get it. If they started calling your office and they were at point A, 
Maybe after the end of day one, you had them to point B or C. Maybe today you have them to D, E, F, G, H. But if the point is to get them to point Z, where they understand the importance of lifelong chiropractic care, regardless of symptoms, you got work to do. I was going to say sis, but I'm not sure. Like Rachel Hollis got all in trouble for saying sis. And I was like, oh, you're not allowed to say that. So girl. Um, so that is, you know, they've made an emotional decision. They have said, okay, let's do this. And they're going to go home and they're going to tell their husband and they're going to have to get analytical in explaining to their husband and they're going to get come to their visit and they're going to get analytical of like, well, why are you adjusting over there? And you need to keep nurturing that table talk. We do re-scans. We do progress scans every 12 visits. So if I have a four month care plan, they don't just hang out for 48 visits, guys. We do progress exams. Every 12 adjustments, every four-ish weeks, we're doing a new scan and I'm going to sit back in that same room with them and I'm going to go over and I'm going to touch base. How are things going? What are you noticing on your end? Here's what I'm noticing on my end. Yes, you are perfectly on track to still graduate to wellness care at the end of four months. Um, you know, we're having that conversation because it's that touch point. I literally just had this with someone a couple days ago. So she's a 36 visit care plan. She's in her early 60s. She's beat up her body for years. She is emotionally stressed. And she has done a different version of chiropractic for most of her life around here. Go two, three times a year. Oh, there was a couple years where I was really great and didn't need any chiropractic care at all. So it is day adjustment 11 or day 11, adjustment 12, maybe she gets her progress scan. So I say to her, I'm like, all right, Alex, we'll call her Alex. Um, at your next visit, we're going to uh, sit down, spend a couple minutes going over that scan, seeing what kind of changes are happening um, and make sure that you like we're still on plan. And she goes, I, I just feel like I should have, I should be better than I am by now. And I look her in the eye and I go, Alex, I can understand why you would feel that way. You've never done this style of chiropractic and coming three times a week is a ton of work. But let me be honest with you. If I thought you were going to feel amazing in 12 visits, I would not have sold you 36 visits on your second day here. And she goes, oh, that's a really good point. And I go, yep. So I'll see you at your next visit. We'll look at your scans, see if we need to tweak anything that we're doing um, and go from there. So like we're touching base, okay? Day two is not enough to get them to marry you and understand it all. This is a continuing nurturing conversation. So if you have a specific question um, as to whether something is legal or not for you, don't ask me. <laughs> um, if you think I'm doing something illegal, feel free to send me a DM. I'm, I've done my work and check, checked with my state association. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that 100% of what we're doing is legal. Um, I may just not have filled in like a little bit of a logistics or whatever, but feel free if you're like, hey, Lauren, I'm kind of concerned that you're going to go to jail for uh, eternity um, by doing that. But keep in mind, when you're not in network with insurance, you get to, you have a lot more freedom, people. Uh, but if insurance is working for you, I hope this worked for you. I hope this episode worked for you. Um, I hope you it ta you take even a grain, an ounce 
of this passion and inject it into your day two. Maybe in this process, you're stopping adjusting on day one and you are like all nervous about this day two. I hope that this works lovely for you. Um, don't be afraid to feel scared. Don't be afraid to feel like you've never done this before, like you're stripping on your words. It does take practice, practice, practice. You will get there. All right, She Slayers, until next week, I love you so much. Um, it would mean the world to me if you would screenshot this episode, share it on social media, um, write a review that is just the lifeblood of a an episode getting out and reaching more people. So until next week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.